episode eight here with Mr. Zach Reyna. Did I say Reyna? Rana? Rana. 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 Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Neither. <laughs> You're like, did you get my name right? I'm your guest. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Well, I'm super excited because like I was telling Zach right before we started recording, this is my first podcast interview with someone that I don't know necessarily personally, our first student interview from an NLCA student. So I'm really excited. Thank you for being the inaugural chosen one for this. How's your day going? It's an honor. It's an honor. It's going amazigly. Um, I'm over in San Diego, so it's 8 a.m. my time. Um, Feels good to, you know, just uh, got up a couple hours ago. So I feel feel good. How about you? Um, my morning is going great. Nothing too crazy so far. Just taking care of the dogs, did my morning meditation, um, did some you know pre-work before I dive into more work <laughs> beyond this podcast. <laughs> yeah. But you know, the, like the morning stuff, we were like wrapping things up, starting things off in the beginning of the day. But I was actually exactly. meeting Jen. Obviously, your coach is Jen. We were just in San Diego. Yeah. Why did we not link up? This is so oh, weird. nice. <laughs> next time, next time. You got to. I know. <laughs> we were literally just there. Um, not last, not this past weekend, but the weekend before that. And we stayed in La Jolla, but we were bopping around to like Little Italy. What are the other areas? Gaslamp area, PB. We were just bouncing around. It was oh, so wow. fun. You got the full you got the full San Diego experience, Ben. You got to go to all those parts. Yeah, yeah, it was really fun. We it was kind of it was kind of rainy and cold, not gonna lie. I did not expect that from San Diego. What is going on? <laughs> but it, it was still a good time. Like we spent time at the beach. We spent um our Saturday there, literally just we probably got like twenty thousand steps just like walking around. There was this oh, really cool bar that we went to called Cloak and Petal. Have you been there? I haven't, no. Okay, well, let me turn you on to this San Diego bar restaurant. It's like this sushi, <laughs> it's like a sushi restaurant, but it was really cool. It had like Japanese cherry blossom trees like all throughout. It was just a really cool vibe. It was in Little Italy area, I think. Okay, yeah, I love Little Italy. It's a great spot. Yes. Well, how that. long we'll have you, you been? San Diego. Oh, oh, yes. No, you're good. I think there might be a little <laughs> lag, but it's all good. Yeah, so we were just talking and Jen's like, Hey, I have, and Jen's like one of my best friends. So she was like, I have this companion pass that I need to use, which Mm -hmm. basically means like someone can fly with me anywhere for free and I need to use it by the end of March. Should we go somewhere? And I'm like, yes, absolutely. We should go somewhere. I love to travel and I've been wanting to go to San Diego. I haven't been in the -hmm. last time was 11 years ago. So I know it's been a really long time. So I'm like, I want to (laughs) go back. So Mm -hmm. we just planned a girl's trip. We stayed in a little tiny house in La Jolla. And we literally just sat there and worked. And then we would went out at night and got good food, good dinner. And we would come back, get in the hot tub, and then go to bed at like 8 p.m. Because that's 10 o'clock our time. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) That's a vibe, though. I love that. No, it was lovely. Have you always lived in San Diego? Um, I've been here since I was 11. Before that, I was in uh, Massachusetts on the East Coast. Okay. Okay. So yeah, let's dive into all of that because not only have you lived on the East and the West Coast, but you actually just got back 
pretty recently from straight up living in Thailand, right? I did, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So not only is this man multi-talented, teacher, fitness coach, was debating on going into healthcare. I know you talked about mm-hmm. too. Yeah. But a world traveler. So obviously, <laughs> previous career of teaching and potentially going into healthcare, those are not super conducive to your obvious hobby of traveling. Yep. <laughs> what were you thinking going into those careers? No, I'm just kidding. But like, how did you get into teaching? First of all, like that was always your passion growing up. We'll just dive right back in. Sorry, guys, we lost you for a sec. So if this sounds a little bit weird or discombobulated, that's okay. We're just going to roll with it. So Zach was talking all about how he was going into medical career. That was like his dream. He got recruited into teaching and kind of like more low income areas you're saying? Yeah, exactly. So I, I guess maybe I can backtrack a bit. I started out wanting to go into medicine because of the healthcare disparities that exist. Um, and also because there are so many preventable illnesses that people are dying from, um, like diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, which all you know, if you make lifestyle changes earlier on, you can prevent all of that down the line. So uh, yeah, that was my motivation for going into medicine. I was like, I want to do something about this. I've been obsessed with my own health and fitness for at that point, probably like five or six years. Um, And I was like, I don't know why more people are not, you know, taking care of their nutrition and sleeping enough and exercising because it just makes your life so much better and you just feel better, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, totally. So, so yeah, that was my motivation for going to medicine and Teach for America aligned with my values a lot in that sense, mm-hmm. because they also, you know, wanted to make a difference um, and work with a younger population. And I was like, this is great. I'll get to work in the communities I eventually want to serve. Um, so, okay, instead of a year, I'll do two years because Teach for America is a two-year commitment. Um, Mm. so I started teaching 2019 fall of 2019, um, which was the year that I graduated. And as I'm sure you can guess, I taught for six months and then everything shut down (laughs) because COVID hit. Um, and so, yeah, so when everything shut down, I mean, up until that point for the past five or six years of my life, I'd kind of had my head down and was just working towards this goal that I had set for myself without really stopping to think why I wanted it in the first place. Um, and when everything shut down, I was, you know, it, it kind of made me stop and reflect and be like, wait, why do I want to go into medicine specifically? Like, I know what problem I want to solve, but why medicine? Um, mm. And I did some deep reflection and I started to realize like, oh, I'm doing this because other people want me to do it. And because it's a societal expectation. Like, you know, I'm going to, uh, be treated differently if I become a doctor. And I wanted, I wanted those like status markers more than I wanted the actual job of being a doctor, because the more I shadowed doctors, the more I was like, I actually don't like this lifestyle. And I also don't like prescribing pills. (laughs) Like that's like, that's not really something I'm big on. Um, and doesn't really align with my mission in the first place. My mission was I want to prescribe less pills, you know? (laughs) Um, and all the doctors I was shadowing in, in the field I wanted to go into, which was family medicine. Um, a lot of the patients they were meeting with were too far 
along that path. And it was just like, right. there's nothing else we can do. Like you need to take this medicine or you're going to die literally. Um, yeah. so yeah, I was like, uh, oh, this is, this is not it. I need to find a different way. Um, and I was loving teaching at the time. So I decided to stay on, um, for two more years. So I taught for four years total. And then, um, midway through my fourth year was when I started to, I guess, make sort of the transition into fitness coaching. Yes. And that was, so that was 2023, right? Cause you started your business February last year. That's right. Yep. Okay. So happy anniversary. Thanks. Yeah. In two days actually is the official wow. <laughs> one year oh mark. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so exciting because yeah. we caught you at the perfect time. Okay. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So you worked as a teacher for about four years. And so did you teach through COVID times like remotely? Yeah, we went. It was That was a wild time. Yeah. We yeah. were all trying to figure things out. We did a full year completely online. Wow. Yeah. And you're like a brand new teacher at that time yeah. too. Yeah, I like, had six months oh, under my belt. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, it's really funny that you say that because I was coming to the end of like my nursing career at that time. Mm. And I felt so bad for the new nurses coming in and those people like graduating and starting in the hospital when all that was going down. Literally. And I'm like, this is madness. This is your first introduction into the hospital. Like not only is it just regularly crazy at baseline, Mm -hmm. but now you've got all of this added onto it and just trauma and death and fear and protocols. It's insane. So props to you for surviving that for sure. (laughs) How many years were you a nurse for? I was a nurse for about three and a half years. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. So my track was, I was a med surge nurse and I um, became our chargers for a unit. And then I got like my, I was all about like, okay, any like certification, any extra thing I can do. Yeah. So I got like my med surge like certification. And then I applied for NP school. And I thought, you know, like you, my track was just to become you know, a, a some type of medical professional. I just thought that was my track my yeah. whole life. Mm-hmm. And when I got denied for NP school, which I was honestly shocked by, yeah. it took me out of left field. I was like, all right, well, you know, I've got a year before I can reapply. Let me, you know, dive into one of my passions. And, you know, one of my passions is fitness. And yeah. I've always thought about becoming just a personal trainer, you know, on my off days from the hospital. Mm-hmm. So let me just dive into that. And it never stopped from there. <laughs> then that just kept going down that line. Yeah. Needless to say, I never reapplied to NP school. Yeah. So needless to say, you probably never reapplied to med nope. school then. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have a very similar story in that way. Yeah. And it's really cool that we also kind of both got into this side of things because it this was our original passion in the first place. Like yeah. being able to help people proactively exactly. with their health. Yeah. You don't grow up being like, I want to own a health and fitness coaching business. Yeah. You know, that's not yeah. something that's normal. <laughs> yeah. Something that's more normalized is like, yeah, you go into healthcare, you be a doctor, you be a nurse, you do like XYZ, whatever, mm-hmm. without yeah. even being asked or thinking about, well, what is your purpose for wanting to do that? Yeah. Exactly. So you might find yourself on the other end, we're being a lot more reactive and people are kind of a little bit too far down the line 
at the point that they come to you, they're in your bedside, you know, you're seeing them at bedside, I mean, and you just have to or essentially help the problems that have already been caused from years and years and years of not being healthy. So now we're kind of able to tackle it from the other end and avoid so many people from getting there, which is really cool. Yeah. That's the mission. (laughs) What do they say? People come to a hospital when they're sick, right? So. (laughs) Yes, literally. And half the time they are not even wanting to be there. And I'm like, (laughs) well, guess what, buddy? You're here (laughs) and you need to take your medicine. So here you go. It's really funny. And I don't know if you have had the same experience, but I, I, I think that being a nurse and having the experience of getting people bought into their care plan because it, it's it's literally sales. Like you're there, 100%. you're as a nurse, like you're a salesperson. Yeah. You are trying to get your patients to do what they're supposed yeah. to do with their care plan, with their medicine, with their yeah. PT, you know, whatever that is, you have to really sell them on it. You know, you would think sick people want to be better, but a lot of times <laughs> yeah. it's not the case, unfortunately, <laughs> in my experience. Um, yeah. So I found that a lot of those skills have translated and I'm sure you probably have found the same with teaching. What skills do you feel like have translated from teaching into running your own business? Oh my gosh, so many. I think like being a teacher is like the best blessing ever. Um, but I completely resonate with what you're saying about like, as a nurse, literally you have to sell the patients on the care plan. It was the exact same thing as a teacher. I had to sell my students on why should I do this work, you know? Right. Um, and you know, of course there, there are students that are just like, they're going to do it anyways, because they're scared of their parents or whatever, you know, but then there are other students who are like going to ask questions. So they're going to be like, I don't want, I don't want to write this essay. Like I don't want to do this, right. you know? So yeah, hundred percent selling was, was a huge, um, part that I didn't even realize I was developing, um, through doing that. Yeah. I think another really big one was active listening. Um, Mm. when I first started as a teacher, I wasn't very good at active listening to my students and that would actually cause more behavior issues from them because if they didn't feel heard, they would act out. Mm. Um, and so I studied a lot of books on leadership and on communication for specifically to get better as a teacher. Um, and those active listening skills made like student buy-in just so much easier. Like if I could just Literally, it's like a two word acknowledgement, right? It doesn't have to be like a half hour sit down conversation, like two words of acknowledgement to a student of like, oh, like I hear you, like I see what you're going through right now. Boom, just like changes their emotions. Um, And that's been like, I mean, I would say one of the biggest skills in coaching, as I'm, I'm sure you could attest to, like being an active listener. A lot of my clients tell me, like, wow, like I just feel so seen and heard from you when I talk to you. Absolutely. Not so much just like a number or another, you know, client, whatever. Yeah. It's like, yes, the that it's a little things like the body language or, you know, the like you said, just those listening skills, making them feel heard, making them feel acknowledged. <clears throat> it goes a really, really long way. Exactly. So you were obviously living in Thailand. Were you teaching there or what the heck were you doing? No. <laughs> I was just running okay. my business <laughs> and having fun. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. So uh, walk me through this timeline. So yeah. you were, so you started your business in February, mm-hmm. but were you, were you coaching or were you teaching then? Like, when did you make the transition? 
Yeah. So great question. So I was finishing up my fourth year of teaching last school year. Um, and I was also an instructional coach at that time. So I was coaching other teachers, um, which actually speaking of skill building, I think that was a great skill to be building, um, of like learning how to basically get adult buy-in and also coach Mm -hmm. people who are older than me. Cause I'm 26 and like, I was, I was like telling like 30 to 40 year olds, like how to teach. (laughs) So, so that was a good, uh, that was a good learning experience, you know, get over some imposter syndrome and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyways, by like halfway through my fourth year, I'm really big on systems. And so I had systematized pretty much every detail in my classroom to the point where I wouldn't have to do any work outside of school hours. That was like my big thing. Um, My first two years, I was like, you know, I mean, most teachers will will tell you this, like it's more than a full-time job because you're working all day and then you go home and you grade and you lesson plan for the next day. Um, So my first two years were like that. And it was like 60 to 80 hours a week. But finally, by my fourth year, I had gotten it to the point where I was just working when I was on school grounds. And then at home, I wouldn't touch any work. Um, And that but then I was also used to working 60 to 80 hours a week and I kind of liked it. Um, so, so I was like, well, I'm going to work on like my passion, you know, like I've always wanted to start a business. So I'm going to start building this thing. Um, and so yeah, I started building it. Like I decided on it in January, I started building it out, took on my first clients in February. Um, and then sort of just kept growing, growing, got to the point where, I had like a decent system down. I was like, okay, I think like I know how to deliver. I'd set up like Trainerize and, you know, um, the basics there. And I had like, I think five or six clients by May. Um, Mm -hmm. And so in May, uh, I kind of had a choice. I I was offered a leadership position at my school. um, And then because of like, timing and because actually because of some of the trips I had over the summer, um, which was planned, it, uh, it didn't end up working out. Um, and my principal was like, Hey, if you want to be in leadership, you need to be working year round. Um, you need to be on school campus year round. And I was like, huh, like, I don't want to do that. You know, like I love, like one of my favorite parts of teaching was the summers and like the big breaks. And yeah, t- Cause right. I love traveling and I've been like every single break I try to make I tried to make an intention to like travel somewhere because I feel like um, I just learn so much every time I travel and I get so many cool experiences and meet new people. So that at least at this time in my life is a priority for me. Um, Mm -hmm. So anyways, basically leadership position was like, yeah, no, this isn't going to work out, Um, but you could teach next year. And I was like, ah, that's that I had already like, like told pretty much everybody on leadership, my school, I was like, I'm not going to teach another year because like, I don't feel like it's pushing me to grow anymore. Um, Mm. and so I want a new challenge. Um, so they, they already knew the headspace I was at and we like, you know, we ended on really good terms, um, because I was basically like, okay, well, if my only option is teaching, I'm not coming back. Um, and yeah. So at that point I kind of was like, okay, well, I'm going all in. Like, I want to make this work because I love doing this. I have a couple of clients now, so I've at least like tested the waters and I know that it's something that I do enjoy. I just need to get better at it. 
Cause right now, like yeah. I suck, you know, <laughs> like I don't have the systems in place. Like I, I know I love doing this thing and I know I have the knowledge behind it, but I don't know like all the little nitty gritty details and the systems and the coaching yeah. pieces. So, um, and you're a systems guy, so yeah, you have I'm a systems to guy. Have systems <laughs> exactly. <in place>. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so then that's when I was like, all right, this is it. Um, every, pretty much every entrepreneur I follow has always said like, burn the boats, um, put mm. your back against the wall and then you'll make it work. Um, you know, cause up until that point I was devoting maybe, you know, five to 10 hours a week on the business. Yeah. It was not a priority. Um, and then after that, I was like, okay, well, I, I have no jobs. So <laughs> I better yeah. make this work. <laughs> no, I love that. And wow, there's, I feel like there are so many similarities between us because obviously you're someone that you like that next challenge. You like there to be that next level of something you can grow into, which is yeah. like that leadership position and teaching. And when that didn't align with your life goals and you're like, okay, I can literally just keep teaching and teaching and teaching every year until I die. Like what kind of life is yeah. that? That's not what I want to do. Yep. So in, in you already fell in love with the grind of, you know, working that 60, yep. 80 hour weeks. So you're like, all right, I've got all this free time, quote unquote, free right. time. We're still working a full time <laughs> job. You're like, okay, great. I can do all this other stuff on, in my time off. I was so the same way. Yeah. I was, you know, working full time as a nurse is a little bit different than a teacher mm-hmm. um, schedule, yeah. but it was three twelves per week. So I had right. four days yeah. off during the week mm-hmm. to, I'm like, what a I'm sorry, what do people do? They don't have a second job? Like, yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. You literally just like watching Netflix? Right. I'm so confused. So I guess like if you have a family, you're taking care of your kids and things sure. like that, which is fantastic. But yeah. I did not. I, I did yeah. not. I have dogs. So I was like, look, I need to do something to take up my time. And that was, you know, jumping into this. I was also at the same time, literally just for fun because it was like this scavenger hunt to me. I would like shipped shop. I don't know if you know shipped or like Instacart and stuff. I would oh, literally yeah. like grocery shop for people. <laughs> I literally just thought it was the, the most fun thing. It was like a scavenger hunt. I'm like getting all these like barcodes. I'm like, That's oh, so let's funny. go find where the green beans are, <laughs> you know, just so stupid. So, but it was so fun. And uh, obviously I would, I would recommend it to anyone. If you need to make a couple extra bucks, go go yeah. start grocery shopping for people. I promise. It was a thrill. Anyways, <laughs> so, so <funny>. you <laughs> I've never heard anyone describe grocery shopping like that. <laughs> well, it's really funny because I hate grocery shopping for myself. Yeah. Like my husband does a grocery shopping, he takes care of that. Right. I I literally I can't stand it. But when it's for other people, then I'm like, okay, what are you guys eating? Oh, that's interesting. I've never tried that before. Let me try that next time I go. Okay. Yes. Yes. No. Anyways, you you learn a lot about people through their groceries. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. (laughs) It is. So anyways, I feel like there's a lot of similarities there. And then so you fell in love with the grind. You're like, okay, let me do something with my time. And then you got to the point where it's like, okay, I can make this choice to continue doing something safe. You know, I've got the benefits. I can go back. They want me here. I'm good at this. Or I can fucking burn the ships, go all in, go across the seas to Thailand, get this business off the ground. Okay, but now I really need to make sure that I've got the systems in place because I've got the caption caption. I've got the passion. Mm -hmm. I burned the ships. I'm doing what, you know, 
I love in my life within my lifestyle. Now I just need to figure out how to make this actually work and be sustainable. So is that at the point where NLCA came in or when did that happen? Yeah, 100%. So I joined NLCA in, I want to say, July or August, um, somewhere around there. And yeah, I just gotten back from my summer trip. Um, and I was, you know, just in the mindset of like, I am going to make this work. Like I'm going to do whatever Mm -hmm. it takes. I'm going to figure it out. And I also need help (laughs) to do that. You know, I want to, I want to learn from people who have the systems because that's what I'm lacking right now. Um, I have the knowledge and I have like the, you know, communication skills, but I'm missing the, all the back end stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I signed with NLCA, I think August, or I guess like August was really when I like kickstarted things. And I was planning out my trips at the time. Cause I, I mean, mm-hmm. one of the reasons I left my job too, was I was like, I am young and I want to travel the world and I have literally no obligations. So this is the perfect time to do it. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew like one of my intentions was I am going to travel the world this year. And I wanted to set myself up for success before I did that though. I was like, I need to like earn this trip. And I also need to go into this trip knowing that I can deliver a really good coaching experience and have a really solid business model before I leave. So August through um, August and September, I really like, just like put my head down, did, you know, followed everything that NLCA told me exactly (laughs) to a T. Um, I think I like tripled my coaching business in a month and a half, um, dialed in all the systems. I used to do check-ins like one-on-one and I didn't really have a format to them. Uh, like one-on-one, I mean like over zoom switched everything to asynchronous, um, because I knew scheduling wise, it was going to be impossible, um, you know, Mm -hmm. to book a call with every single one of my now 15 clients while I'm on a different time zone to them. Um, and I also knew that it was inefficient to do it that way. Um, because like, we'd be sitting down for half an hour and like the people I'm coaching are really busy, high achieving people, you know? So it's like, it's not ideal for them to like set aside (laughs) 30 minutes to an hour every single week to talk one on one. Um, it worked much better to, you know, uh, just do those asynchronous check-ins. So anyways, yeah, once Mm -hmm. I had those systems in place, then I went, um, on my trips and I went to Europe for a month and then Asia for three months. And yeah, it was great. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So let's back up because we covered a lot of time. Mm -hmm. We covered a lot of, and magically now my business is (laughs) 3X. So Obviously, you were working with Christy, yeah. Coach Christy mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah. yeah. So what are the biggest things that you were able to put into place that really made that shift for you and really moved that needle forward? Like what were the biggest movers and shakers that made that difference? Um, that's a really good question. I would have to say, I'm trying to think in terms of top threes, because I like to you know break things down into, yeah. um, okay. into those. So what are my top three? Um, things. Okay. I'll start with the first one. So the first one was, uh, building my confidence in what I had to offer. And the way that I did that was through a couple different things. Um, but one was really nailing down my resources. 
Um, because one of my goals, and I came in telling Christy this, I was like, when people sign up for my program, I want them to like, see it and be like, holy shit. Like, this is like mind blowingly so much more value than I thought I was getting. Like, that's the experience I want them to have when they get it. And I think that NLCA as a program itself was really good at doing that for me. Um, like when I signed up for the program, I've, I've done other mentorships before. And when I signed up for the program, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is like, wow, they literally thought of everything, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to bring that same energy to my clients. So, you know, building out, I mean, we can go into specifics if you want, but I'll just give like a couple examples of like, you know, building out my onboarding process, um, building out my resource bank, um, I eventually went on to develop my own course, um, which I have now. And just all those like things that just add that wow factor to clients mm-hmm. made it so much easier for me on a sales call to be sitting down with someone and being like, you know, hey, I know my program's going to change your life because I've like, yeah. I have the work to show for it and I have all these resources to show for it. Um, I would say that was, that was the biggest thing because, um, I've always heard, and I'm, I'm sure you've heard this as a student of sales yourself, um, that conviction is the number one thing in sales. It's, it's literally, I mean, yeah, you could focus on all the tactics and what to say at what point, but conviction is the number one thing. If you fundamentally believe that your product can change someone's life, then it's your obligation Mm -hmm. to, you know, coach them through their own limiting beliefs. Um, literally it should almost be like you are doing them a disservice if you are not bringing them into your program, exactly. like you are not helping, like you are literally not doing your followers or, you know, these potential leads or yeah. like you're literally leading them down the wrong path. Exactly. If you don't bring them in. hundred yeah. percent. Exactly. And I, and I think this is actually a, a belief or sort of a change in belief that really helped me, um, is that, you know, it's almost like, and I think I got this from Chad, honestly, where it's all, it's almost not almost, it is selfish to let my own yeah. discomfort stop mm-hmm. me from helping other people. Um, so Absolutely. I really, I really keep that one with me. Every time I have to do something uncomfortable, I'm like, like, come on, <laughs> there are people yeah. out there that need my help, uh, that I can it's help. It's huge so. because <laughs> if you think about it, I, I don't know how you came across NLCA, but I came across the path of before, before NLC was a thing and I had crossed paths with Chad, he had reached out to me and sent me a message. Mm. And if he never did that, I don't know where my life would be, you know? So it's literally so, and I talked a lot about this with Chad on his, his and I's podcast episode, but it's so crazy how one DM can literally change someone's life. And it would have been fucking selfish of Chad to keep that information (laughs) to himself and not read that to me. So I'm so blessed that he did. So it's the same for, you know, yourself. It's the same for like all of us coaches where sometimes people don't know what they need or they might be too nervous to reach out or they just they're just kind of waiting for the invitation and that just might be like their personality or whatever. And when you reach out, you're kind of like just opening that door for them to be like, Oh wow, you're right. Like I, I, I do need this. And how, who knows where that path will lead eventually to them going on to change 
poor lives or influence their family or just that generational knowledge too that they can pass on to their kids and stuff, which is really cool. Literally. I literally have screenshots from my clients where they tell me like, I am so glad that you reached out to me or you held me accountable or whatever it was because like you literally, like you literally changed my life. And I read those things before (laughs) I jump into the DMs or before I jump on a sales call. And I'm like, this is, this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. Yeah. That's huge. And that's so smart to like hype yourself up. Yeah. Look at that before you yeah, come on literally. the call. Yeah. <laughs> I do got this. Like we can change some fucking lives here. That's yeah. really dope. Okay. So we've got, I know you're on the path of naming three things. Okay, so we've yes. got the self-confidence. Yeah. That was a huge piece. Okay. Um, the other piece was the, um, the actual, like the actual systems themselves. Um, yeah. to dial in processes. So um, what really helped me was seeing examples. In fact, I actually think I saw examples from your company because your company is called Strength and Harmony, right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. I saw examples from your company um, and I hey. loved them so much because it gave me like, it gave me a vision of like, oh, this is what it can look like. Um, and then, mm-hmm. you know, of course we all have our own values that we want to bring to our business, our own spin on things. And so that's exactly what I did. I was like, okay, what are the values that are most important to me? What's the spin I'm going to put on, you know, the way that I do my check-in form or something like that, you know? Mm, Um, and so, yeah, I think like seeing the systems that other successful coaches are using and then Mm -hmm. like being able to just get so many ideas. I remember August and September were like, some of the most exciting months um, because I just was like being flooded with so many new ideas. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, you know, there's not yeah. enough time in the day. Like <laughs> I couldn't even like go to bed. I was like so excited just to keep yeah, working. So cool. um, but yeah, so systems were the other huge piece. Um, and I would say the third part was uh, values really. Um, that's something else that I really respect about Chad, um, and about what he's built in NLCA is he's so direct and open about values. Um, and that's, I mean, that's become something that I'm now like direct about and like take ownership on because of, um, because of him. And I think, yeah, developing the core values for my company, the tenants, the mission, getting all my clients bought into that, like, Hey, this is what we're doing. Like, this is bigger than, you know, this is bigger than me. Like I'm not doing this. Um, eventually, you know, I mean, the goal has, was always like, I won't be the only one on this team too, you know? So, um, it's, yeah, I think that having that mission has really, really been helpful. Yes, that is a huge part because I feel like a lot of companies, you know, they have their core values or whatever, but they kind of just sit there Mm -hmm. and it's not something that's brought up or discussed literally in every conversation or daily or whatever. It's just kind of a thing that they, you know, had, it came up with one day and then they just, they're there. They have that mission statement. They have their tenets, whatever. But I do think it's a really cool and like special part of NLSA, how we're literally talking about the tenets and how they just come up in everyday conversation or we shout people out based on them. And we try to not only implement them within the staff, but also within the students and how we coach. And I just think that's really something that's special and sets us apart and something that I've taken into my own business, like you said, with 
really putting those front and center, like letting your clients know those, letting like your staff or future staff member know those. And this is just how we operate. This is how we make decisions. Now, not to like pop quiz you or anything, but I would just be curious. We, We have recently, fairly recently changed the NLCA tenants, but do you know any of the tenants, either old or new of NLCS? <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe the, well, actually, I don't know when, when you guys changed them, but my okay. understanding is um, act first, truth first, mission first. Is that, oh, is that it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, you killed it. Yeah, those are our technically like older ones, okay. but those are all super valid. Mm-hmm. Mission first, act first, truth first. Nice. Easy. We've, we've just kind of, revamped them a little bit. So like truth first is now constructive candor. Mm-hmm. Act first is intentional action. Mission first is model the mission. Then we added a fourth one with 360 leadership so that not only the leaders in the company are being leaders, but everybody, everybody. in the company mm-hmm. is a leader to the left and to the right. It's 360 leadership. So that's one that we added, but okay. I'm so proud. Wow. <laughs> look at you. killing it. That's so cool. <laughs> So what are your own company tenants? Well, so before I jump into those, can I share a little story about um, sort of, I guess, like the the name behind my company and the mission itself? Yes, I would love okay, that. Okay, cool. So um, I have you heard on, have you been hearing on TikTok, um, like how often do you think about the Roman Empire or stuff like that? <laughs> <laughs> I Listen, I'm old in my bones and I am not on TikTok, but I have seen it on Instagram. Okay. So probably like yeah. way later yeah. than when it was on TikTok, but yes. Yeah. So there's this thing where it's like, guys think about the Roman Empire like all the time. I am uh-huh. one of those guys. <laughs> and so, so my company's name is called Gladiator Strength. Um, oh my God. (laughs) Iconic. Yeah. Um, but, but essentially what the, the mission behind it and the reason I love gladiators so much is because they actually didn't have like control over the challenges that they faced in the arena. Like a lot of the times they were just like tossed in there and they're like, okay, there's a lion in front of you. Like, what are you going to do about it? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I love that like they would just prepare themselves and focus on all the things they could control regardless of whatever they're going to face in the arena the next day. Um, And so I like to think of that as a metaphor for life now, like life is the arena and what we do in our training is to become gladiators so that we can, you know, be prepared for uh, whatever it is that, that comes our way. Wow. I really like that. That's really dope. That has a lot of, yeah, just so many similarities, like you're saying, to just life and just preparing for whatever challenges are going to come your way because you, you know, you just never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's dope. So exactly. what are the type of clients you attract with that? Because I'm assuming probably not like busy moms. They not busy moms. That is not my, <laughs> those are not my clients. Um, typically I work with predominantly men, um, typically in their twenties to thirties. Um, I, I love like just, I mean, I'm really big on growth drive, you know, always striving to be better. And so I'm, my goal is to build a community of like-minded men who also have those same values. Um, a lot of the guys I work with are actually like really high performers in what they do. It's more so just that the health and fitness side, they've never really dialed in. And that's kind of the one thing holding them back. 
Um, and so as soon as we unlock that, it's just like, they're like, Oh my gosh, like, (laughs) I feel like every other part of my life is dialed in. So Mm, gladiator status for sure. That's right. I love that. (laughs) Yes. I would be, wait. Okay. So are your programs named in the same theme? You know, I've, I actually haven't thought about that. That's a great idea. (laughs) I should do that. (laughs) It could be like, I don't even know. What are some Roman things? The Julius Caesar program or (laughs) the Marcus Aurelius. I love stoicism too. Um, so I'll, I'll probably use the stoic philosopher names. <laughs> oh yes. Okay. I love that. I love that. That's amazing. So you are obviously training up gladiators. You are absolutely crushing it in your business. You are bringing on your first staff member now. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, okay. how are we feeling? Are we ready for that? You've, have you ever managed anyone before? I have never managed anyone but I was an instructional coach um, before, and I was like kind of I was part of the leadership team at my school. So I have moderate, you know, experience in that regard, at least of like giving somebody clear directives and knowing how to analyze their work and give them feedback. Um, but Absolutely. not specifically direct management um, yet. Okay. So we're building that skill right. right now. This is exciting and. Guys, he's a teacher, okay? Like he's he's got the teaching skills down, all right? You know, you're able that and that's the hardest part is sometimes when you're new to hiring any staff members, you kind of just like throw them in there and then they're like, good luck. Yeah. But with your teaching background, it can be really awesome for them to be able to receive feedback. You're, you know, analyzing their performance, things like that, and making sure you're setting them up for success. I also love how you're a systems person. So you're not just like throwing them in there and telling them, okay, figure out how to do it. Here's like the general gist of the job. You're like, no, I have got systems. This is how we do it. You've got the SOPs. Mm -hmm. And obviously, Jen, Coach Jen is your coach now. And she is... Oh, we get along so so well. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I love that. What have been... Because Jen Jen has a big team. So she's, she's got a lot of management experience, hiring experience, and I'm sure she's passed along to you. She's also very systems oriented. So what are the the best takeaways maybe that you've learned from coach Jen so far? Oh, best takeaways from her. Um, I would say, so something that I really like appreciate about her, um, and am inspired by is that she's really good at giving like direct, um, direct feedback and also direct, um, objectives of like what to do. Um, and so that's something that I've, you know, taken into as I start to learn about management is, okay, I need to be super, super direct on what I expect. Um, because like, it's, it's actually kind of a carryover from teaching too, because I have to be really direct with my students on what I expect from them, uh, because of Mm -hmm. how I'm going to grade them. If, you know, if Mm -hmm. I'm not direct on the objectives, then the answers they give me are going to be all over the place. And then I'll be like, Oh no, like that's on me. Ultimately it's not on them. Um, so I think it's the same with management is like being very direct. Okay. This is the list of exactly how it should be done. Here are good examples. Here's why we're doing it. Um, and then once they do that objective, then going back and giving them direct feedback as well. Um, which, Yeah. yeah, I think that Jen is really good at that 
great at giving direct feedback, still being very like loving and caring and supportive, um, but also telling you what you need to hear. <laughs> mm, I love that. Yeah. No, she's that's definitely one of her strengths, just like being direct you know, being a good listener, being an active yep. listener for sure, like we keep bringing up, but also just, hey, here's where the challenge is. Here's exactly what we need to do. Here's the exact homework, super objective, yep. get it freaking done. Exactly. She's no, no uh, funny business. Yeah. Let's get it. <laughs> exactly. Great. I love it. So you have been through obviously a couple of different programs within Enlisea. You started with our 10K Accelerator program. Mm-hmm. Now you're in your Master Coach program. Yep. What was that transition like for you? Or if there's any other maybe 10K students listening, how did you know you were kind of ready to make that leap? And what's that process been like for you? Oh, that's a that's a really good question. How did I know I was ready to make the leap? Yeah, there's a lot of loaded questions in that. So if we want to take it one at a time. Yeah, let's see. So I knew going into NLCA that I was going to be a master coach. Like I just told myself, I was like, you're, you're getting it. Like you're getting it. You got it. Like just do what you need to do and like get there. And I think, um, that's just in general in life, how I like to set goals for myself is I like to just act like it's already happened. Um, Mm -hmm. because that helps me get over my imposter syndrome. Cause I have had lots of it throughout the process. I have it every day. Like (laughs) I'm always thinking like, Oh, I don't know if I'm qualified to do this, but whatever. I just got to do it, you know, um, in terms of, you know, just doing, um, things like, I don't know, maybe even you experience it like starting a podcast too, right? It's like, this is brand new for me. Like you told me that, um, today, like this is new. I'm learning. Like, I feel like that's the entrepreneurial spirit is you just kind of embrace like doing things that you're not good at until you get good at them. Um, and that's, yeah, that's kind of how it felt. I think when I made the transition to master coach, I felt like I wasn't ready. Um, mm-hmm. but like all the data was telling me that I was, and like all my coaches were telling me that I was. And so yeah. I just was like, okay, well I'm doing this regardless of how I feel. Um, mm-hmm. and I think, I don't know, sometimes it can help to just, <laughs> at least for me, it just helps to make decisions off of that and just be like, okay, yeah. well, if the data saying this, I'm going to do it. Even if I don't feel ready, um, a lot of my entrepreneurial journey in this past year has been doing things before I feel ready. Oof, those are some <laughs> bars you're slaying right there. Wow. There are so many good nuggets in that. First of all, it's really funny that you brought up the podcast and like aligned it with that journey that you have been on because I literally just made a reel last week about how everything, every like new thing I start, I'm extremely <laughs> underqualified yeah. to be doing. Who gave me the audacity <laughs> to make a podcast? Who gave me this mic and these headphones? I don't even know. I, I'm severely underqualified to be uh, interviewing you right now for sure. But guess what? I decided I was going to do it. And exactly. I'm like, I'm going to be really fucking bad at this, but I will be good at it. I know I can be good at it. <laughs> exactly. Because I'm just I'm good at talking. Honestly, like I could say like you're killing it in terms of like interviewing the depth of the questions, the follow-ups. I love it. So (laughs) shout out to you already an eight, an eight podcast in. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm an old pro now. No, but that is my goal. I'm like, Hey, I know I want to be good at this. I think I can be, and I am going to embrace the suck. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly what, you know, you have to do when you start anything new, right? You 
when you start your business, like you were saying, and it's just a really good reminder to especially new coaches in the space. Like, yeah, your protocols are probably going to suck at first. Your systems are going to suck. The way that you communicate with clients is going to suck. Your first hire you bring on, sorry, Zach, maybe it'll suck. I don't know. I hope yours is really great. <laughs> but you learn so much yeah. by going through the suck and embracing it. Because if you just expect everything to be perfect right off the bat, how are you ever supposed to learn any lessons? Or how are you ever supposed to improve? So honestly... Um, I'm in the Arte Syndicate that's run by Ed Milet and Andy Frisella. Oh, yeah. And one of the things that they talk about is going for no or like trying for failure kind yeah. of in a way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you're, you have to dream so big and you have to try so hard where, you know, failure is going to be inevitable eventually. Yeah. But it's how you learn from it. It's how resilient you are, how you bounce back is where you take the biggest lessons. So it's really dope to see that You've just totally embraced that and have jumped into things where on paper you're ready for. I think it was a really good uh, takeaway that you said. What was it exactly? Oh, not letting something about your feelings, like looking at the data, not making decisions based on how you feel. Mm -hmm. You said it way better than I just did. (laughs) No, no, you nailed it. Yeah. (laughs) And I got that from Chad too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. There we go. I love it. So yeah, when you start making decisions based on data versus how you feel, because a lot of times, even if we think about like our own fitness journeys, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling so chunky today. Or like, I'm feeling bloated. Like I need to diet. I need to do an extra round of cardio or in your business. Like, oh my gosh, I just feel like I'm getting the, you know, worst leads or, you know, no one has money or, you know, whatever. Okay, this is how you're feeling. Yeah, if you look at the data, you're improving month after month yep. after month after month. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, wow. Okay, it puts things into perspective. It makes things objective rather than subjective yep. because if you're yeah making decisions based on how you're feeling day to day, we're not going to be getting anywhere. Exactly. So we obviously just rolled out in MasterCoach our new data tracking platform. Yeah. How are you liking that so far? It's really Probably cool. Just- yeah, I um, I actually was working with Jen before this came out in building my own data tracking systems, and I always was wondering like, what are what are the main metrics that I really need to be looking at? Um, and so mm-hmm. having it like that, uh, just I love how it populates the graphs too. Um, super mm-hmm. helpful. Yay! Okay, I'm so glad you like it because. It's been so fun. Like working, I'm very much like numbers, data. Yeah. Like I've got my calculator on me, strapped Is at that a all TIA time. <laughs> oh, you know it. You never know when you're gonna have to create a graph. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm such a freaking nerd. I literally travel with it. So no, you don't. Anyways, actually. I <laughs> Literally, you can ask Jed. This came to San Diego with me. It's come to Mexico. It's come to the Bahamas. It's come, you know, we're we're buddies. We're all traveling. <laughs> that is so amazing. I know it's it's a problem. <laughs> Anyways, I love data. I love numbers. Sounds mm-hmm. like you yep. do too, but not everybody does. So making it in a way that's easy to understand, easy to see, like trends. Yep is going to be such a game changer for, again, like understanding your business and being able to make objective decisions. So I'm glad that's been helpful. Now, I know we're kind of coming to the end of our time here. But overall, 
what would you say to someone maybe checking out NLCA, maybe like nervous about NLCA or someone that might be a a student that's just kind of nervous to make the jump and invest in a mentor? What would you say to those types of people? Hmm. Um, let's see. I would, I'll have to put myself in my shoes a year ago. Um, I would say, so I would say a couple of things. I think one is to reflect on, and honestly, this is what I would tell a client who's thinking about fitness coaching. If they're on the fence, um, I would say, Mm -hmm. you know, really first reflect on your why, like, why do you want to do this in the first, first place? Why is it important to you? You know, uh, what does your life look like six months from now? If you, if you do make this investment in yourself, what does it look like if you don't, um, and go through the scenario of if you don't and really like take yourself through it. Because for me, that's what spurred me into action. When I actually thought about it, I was like, okay, let's say I don't, you know, start my own business, which has been a dream of mine that I think that feels like the right path for me. Let's say I never do it. Um, I'm like, let's say I'm 85 years old on my deathbed. I'm going to regret that I never did that. You know, um, everybody like I've studied this. I don't know if you've heard this as well, but, um, a lot of people later on in life, they regret the things they didn't do, not the things that they did. Um, and so for me, that was just the frame that I used of like, well, what if I, what if I don't do this? You know, um, I'm not going to be proud of myself at the end of the day. I'm not going to be, you know, proud that I, you know, I'm just like, wow, okay. I just chose the easy, comfortable route. Um, that's not in in line with who I see myself as and and my values. So anyways, that, uh, that's something to think about. And then the other thing too, is let's say you've made the decision of like, okay, I for sure want to start my business. Um, then I think it's about like, well, do you want to make every single mistake or do you want to skip a lot of the mistakes? You'll still make mistakes. I've still made tons of mistakes, but you'll skip a lot of mistakes and you'll fast track your success. Um, obviously there's no magic pill. Like, you know, you're not going to make a million dollars overnight. That's, you know, that's fake. Every overnight success is actually a 10 year project that you didn't see. Um, Mm. but you know, I mean, you could definitely get there faster <laughs> than if you didn't have guidance from somebody who's already done it and already made the same mistakes that you're about to. So, um, yeah, those are my thoughts on that. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much for those thoughts. Those are really good. And yeah, I think it comes down to that reflection for sure, because not everybody is going to, sorry, everyone listening, like, not everybody is going to be good at starting a business. Yeah. Not everybody is going to be good at being a health and fitness coach or you know, being a CEO. Some people are really, really great staff members or employees, yep. you know, things like that. Exactly. So I think it does take a definitely a decent amount of reflection on your own point to be like, okay, what does life look like if I don't do this? Like you were saying, and this is actually something that I do in my um, sales calls in a, like a line of questioning yeah, that I ask everyone exactly. that comes in, even for my fitness clients is like, okay, what, what does life look like if you don't make these changes? Right. Okay. Get them to describe that. Okay. Is that something that you're willing to settle for? Mm-hmm. And really like, is that, is it? Yeah. Maybe it is like, maybe that is right. good enough for me. Right. But maybe it's not. And if it's not, 
okay, why aren't you doing everything in your power to get out of a life that you are not willing to settle for? Because mm-hmm. if you're not, then you're telling yourself you are willing to settle yeah, for this. And that's exactly. what I want to be. <laughs> So I think that those are some amazing points that you brought up. And last question I have for you, Zach, obviously you are a world traveler. You have done skydiving. I saw, I told you. Yeah. Wow. You found that. (laughs) You've done lots of dope things in your life, but what is next on the bucket list for you? Oh, next on the bucket list. Um, In terms of like, what do you mean? Like, adrenaline activities or like just and just anything like life goals i mean yeah you could take this in whatever way it could be like a travel thing it could be a crazy adrenaline thing it could be life goal just what what is that next like thing where you're like i have to do this before i die what's next on that list Ooh. um next on that list is scaling scaling my business up to a hundred clients on the roster. Let's go. Well on your way. That's the goal. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sub item to that question. What's the craziest, most eccentric thing on your bucket list that you are excited to do? Um, I, I'm debating moving to South America Okay. <laughs> a few months. Um, I actually decided to come back from Asia because of the time zone difference. And I was like, it's not feasible to scale um, when yeah. I'm, you know, 15 hours ahead of everybody that I'm serving and working with. So uh, yeah, I think South America might be, might be the next travel move. Um, I don't think I'll live there like forever, but I think I do want to spend at least a couple months, maybe a year there. Mm, what country do you know? Um, my top three are Peru, Argentina, and Chile. So, uh, I think I'm just gonna, you know, go through there, see where I vibe the most and (laughs) stay there for a bit. Do you like to travel? My anxiety could never. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I have to have a plan, Zach. I have to go in. I'm like, I'm going to go to this city. I'm going to sit this many nights. Here's who I know there. Here's my activities. I'm going to make reservations at all the restaurants. (laughs) I never do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I I need more. Are you of a that, spreadsheet but... traveler? <laughs> oh my god. Matt, <laughs> my spreadsheets are top tier. I, I told you I have this calculator for a reason. Okay? The TI eighty four gave it away. <laughs> yeah, you need to know. I can't hide it. I can't hide it. But yes, a good a good old travel spreadsheet never <laughs> yeah. hurt anyone. <laughs> no, I love that you're just so free spirited. But thank you so much for coming on to the pod. My me. first student. Yeah, this is my great. first, first someone that many. I don't know. <laughs> yes. And this was a great conversation. So awesome. thank you for being that inaugural student, inaugural um, person I don't know personally on the pod because I think this was great and I'm excited to continue. And dude, you're crushing it. I'm excited to see where things go for you the rest of 2024 yeah. and beyond. Maybe we'll see you in Peru right. sometime soon. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you at NLCA Live. That's right? for sure. <laughs> oh, yes. Let's go. For anyone that is like, what the heck is NLCA Live? Literally exactly what it sounds like. NLCA in Live in Action. Yeah usually in Austin, Texas. And it's such a freaking fun time. So yes, I will see you there. Have a great week. All right. You too. Take care.